Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on your money only on Money FM 89.3. All right. In the meantime, a look at the budget highlights and what it all means for you. Barnabas Gunn is an economist with UOB. Good morning, Barnabas. Good morning. Hi. Thanks for having me. Always great to speak with you. Tell us what are the clear fiscal priorities that this budget is signaling? If we look at the uh, most recent budget, I think it signals a very fine balance between fiscal prudency, aid for COVID-19 related issues, and really ultimately prioritizing Singapore's long-term goals. The budget is titled Charting Our New Way Forward Together. And I think it's quite apt given that Singapore is moving towards the endemic COVID-19 environment. But I think we must understand that given COVID-19, what we have seen is that we have drawn on the past reserves that's equivalent to about 20 years of financial surpluses in just two years, you know, in combating COVID-19. So I think the signal from the fiscal priorities is really given that with the large expenditure that we've seen over the last few years, and of course, a sizable expenditure to healthcare, transport, you know, what not during pre-COVID, it is really important to really reprioritize fiscal prudency at this juncture. Singapore is set for a 2022 budget surplus. Barnabas, where will most of the surplus come from and where could it be funneled to? Well, the budget has introduced several revenue enablers, you know, uh, to finance Singapore's short-term to long-term needs. Uh, what we have seen is uh, the rise in GST rates. We have seen wealth taxes in the recent budget. Mm. So I think what we do know that the funds will likely almost be expected to channel to prioritizing Singapore's long-term, almost medium to long-term goals and to really rebuild the reserves that were used to combat COVID-19. But not forgetting the fact that that funds are still needed to really uh, be invested into Singapore's long-term goals, such as you know, health and transport and whatnot. All right. So the focus clearly on rebuilding yeah. public finances. And of course, we have to talk about the GST, the imminent tax hike after two years yeah. of unprecedented spending. Mm-hmm. So it will be staggered in two stages of 1% rise each come 2023 and 2024. Barnabas, mm-hmm. to what extent will this boost government coffers? And really, which mm-hmm. segment of society contributes most two revenues from GST. The elephant in the room in regarding uh, budget surplus and the rise in taxes is really the GST that you just mentioned. Uh, and effectively, it will be eventually be raised to 9%. You know, but I think the key detail really is that the aid from the GSTV or the GST voucher scheme will effectively delay uh, the impact of the higher GST rates for Singaporeans between 5 to 10 years. Uh, but really, on the flip side, uh, and that's pertaining to your question, foreigners residing in Singapore tourists and the top 20% of households really form the bulk of the receipts uh, and it's estimated that they actually pay about 60% of the net GST receipts in Singapore. You know, And given our estimates, uh, every 1% rise in the GST rate is expected to raise about $0.9 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in addition revenue uh, per year and this is not forgetting the fact that there's still also higher personal income tax for individuals earning in excess of 500000 All right. Speaking of impact of the GST increase, how do you expect this staggered GST hike raise to impact spending on big ticket items? I mean, which sectors are likely to be impacted? I guess that uh, given the fact that most of the retail sales actually come from the local consumption at this juncture, given that tourist intake is really very much uh, almost non-existential given COVID-19, we must understand that the GSTV scheme uh, will actually effectively delay the impact of the higher GST rates for Singaporeans. You know, so maybe the impact will likely be felt 
uh, especially uh, when the when the higher rates are increased. But I think the the greater question is how much of the impact, especially given the fact that Singaporeans in general will have subsidies from the government to actually try to uh, delay the impact of the higher GST rates. So I think the question is how much of an impact and maybe not so much given the subsidies that is in for Singaporeans at hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finance yeah. Minister Lawrence Wong did unveil several measures to cushion the blow of the GST hike, but we're waking up this Monday morning to reports of many consumers worried about feeling the pinch. So which income group will likely feel the GST hike most? The income group that will actually face or more so see the higher impact from GST will likely be, you know, the foreigners, the tourists, as well as the high income earners, you know, in Singapore. This is also likely also given the fact that, as I mentioned about the GSTV, it will actually delay, you know, the impact of high GST rates uh, for all Singaporeans. So that really means that the, the group that will actually feel the impact of GST will likely be the foreigners, the tourists, and of course, the top 20% of households. Let's switch gears and talk a little about the carbon taxes, a significant hike seen there, pointing to Singapore's decisive move in terms of tackling the climate crisis. The carbon tax will be raised to $25 per tonne in 2024 and 2025. How do you expect this raise to impact business competitiveness and households? I think it's important to really understand that um, despite Singapore being you know, a small nation with no natural resources, the policymakers' response to global warming and climate change has been one that is inclusive and responsible. You know, and I think many people do not know this, but uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs has actually said that climate change is a global challenge. So even really as Singapore has actually priced uh, carbon tax at 5 a ton uh, of greenhouse emissions is still very low compared to other nations such as the UK, France and Germany are uh, just a ballpark number. They actually price uh, at 100 Singapore dollars per ton you know, uh, for these three countries that I just mentioned. So the rise to $25 a ton by 2024 and $45 a ton by 2026 is still low compared to international standards but it still highlights uh, Singapore's determination to partake in making the world uh, clean and green. And also, if we talk about business competitiveness uh, pertaining to your question, mm. uh, we must look at it from a global perspective. And I just mentioned that Singapore's carbon tax remains low compared to other developed countries. And But also for the fact that Singapore also competes with other non-price-related space, you know, such as efficiency, value-add and capabilities and whatnot. And for households, uh, I think the only thing that uh, can be mentioned really is uh, through the increase in utility bills, right. you know, where it's estimated that it will increase by $4 a month if the carbon tax is $25 a tonne. All right. Speaking of the theme of competitiveness, I want to pick up on that, Barnabas. Are there any other highlights that stand out for you in terms of mm-hmm. impact arising from costs uh, to four companies mm-hmm. or uh, impact in terms of competitiveness of Singapore arising from these new measures announced in the budget? Mm-hmm. I think one key understanding behind the budget really is that be it whether it's competitiveness or increase in taxes or more so enhancement in the tax system in Singapore, I think uh, the wealth tax that has been actually been introduced has shown itself to be a progressive you know, engine really in that the high income earners are taxed more. So really, uh, if you look at the property tax in general, you know, it only impacts residential properties with an annual value on excess of 30,000. And that basically suggests that owner-occupied HDB properties are not affected. 
you know. And of course, uh, we do note that if we expound on that, almost 80% of Singapore residents actually live in HDB flats. And that basically suggests that the wealth tax, uh, especially the property ones, uh, will actually impact only a uh, selected few. Really appreciate the insights, yeah. Barnabas. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Barnabas Gunn, economist from UOB. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.